You're listening to Ari Snapshots, where each fortnight we chat about the science behind the weeds and decode some of the trickier concepts which crop up. Today we're going to catch up with Ari's Dr. Chin Yu about the paper Do Plants Pay a Fitness Cost to Be Resistant to Glyphosate? This paper was published earlier this year and is written by Martin Villa AU, Chin Yu and Steve Powers. This paper reviewed the literature to understand the effects of glyphosate resistance on plant fitness at the molecular, biochemical and physiological levels. And Dr. Chin Yu joins us to explain further. Firstly, how are you going? I'm fine, thank you, Jess. Thanks so much for joining us. What prompted this review paper? Uh, in recent years, there has been substantial effort and progress in elucidating the molecular and biochemical basis of glyphosate resistance mechanisms, such as target site EPSP synthetase, single, double, and triple mutations, EPSPS gene amplification, and non-target site reduced glyphosate translocation and increased glyphosate vacuole sequestration, etc. Therefore, there is a need to understand the evolution trajectory of such glyphosate resistance mechanisms and genes in the landscape, which, among other factors, depends on whether or not the specific resistance mechanism imposes a fitness cost. For instance, why EPSPS single mutations are more common than the double and the triple mutations? Why EPSPS gene amplifications is more common than other resistance mechanisms? Okay, interesting. So what specifically did the review look at? Because we have a much better understanding of target site-based Compared to non-target site-based glyphosate resistance mechanisms, this review specifically looked at whether target site glyphosate resistance comes at a fitness cost and if the cost can be predictable. Okay, so the review found herbicide resistance genes are rare traits in herbicide-free environments. Could you explain why this is the case? Okay, herbicide resistance trait is ultimately endowed by gene mutations either in target site proteins or non-target site proteins or regulatory elements. However, the gene mutation rate is generally very low, like 10 to minus 6, 1 in a million. So you need a large population to have a decent number of mutations. Herbicide application over a large area, which knocks down 95% of individuals, enables detection of such a few individuals carrying the resistance mutations and surviving the herbicide treatment. Quite a lot of work has been done in this space over the last few years, particularly in RE. What is the practical implications of such research like this? Some types of resistance come without or negligible cost, and thus, once resistance is selected, it cannot be withdrawn. Some resistance comes with significant cost, which might be explored to reverse resistance by, for example, stopping using the same herbicide and by using competitive crops. The review also looked at whether herbicide resistance fitness costs can be predicted. What was the conclusion here? Actually, it depends. Target site resistance cost is easier to predict if we know the type of herbicide inhibition and the structure interaction of the herbicide and the target enzyme. For example, if the herbicide is a competitive or non-competitive inhibitor, and if the mutation occurs in the herbicide or natural substrate binding domain, for example, ARS inhibiting herbicide are not 
competitive inhibitors and the herbicide and the substrate bind in different places in the target enzyme. Hence, mutation can endow very high level resistance without compromising ERS enzyme activities, and therefore, no major resistance fitness costs associated with a mutation. If otherwise, resistance can have a significant cost, such as glyphosate. It is a competitive inhibitor of the substrate PEP, meaning that glyphosate competes with PEP for binding to EPSPS. So, a mutation that confers a high-level resistance by preventing glyphosate binding to EPSPS can also negatively impact EPSPS activity by preventing the substrate PEP binding. However, evolution in action, compositional mutations or mechanisms can occur to rescue this. For example, if an EPSPS single mutation is detrimental, additional mutations like double, triple mutation can rescue. If EPSPS mutation is detrimental, EPSPS gene overexpression can rescue. Therefore, all this kind of uh, rescue can has have been found in nature. Okay, very interesting and complicated. <laughs> the review asked the question, do plants pay a fitness cost to be resistant to glyphosate? So what is the answer here? The answer can be yes or no, but generally no at the ergonomic level. Uh, instead, some types of resistance may even have fitness advantage, to be surprised. Yeah. Okay, um, could you just explain that fitness advantage a little bit more? Uh, that's nothing to do with glyphosate resistance. It's uh, associated with uh, ACCA's inhibiting herbicide resistance. For example, the target side ACCA mutation at 1781, and that mutation actually have much more advantage compared to other mutations or compared to the susceptible individuals. Okay, interesting. All right, well, thank you so much, Tin, for explaining the paper. Really appreciate it. Thank you very much. You are welcome.